Nikita Mehta is a creative and conscious beauty entrepreneur, bringing wellness and Indian rituals to the world of hair care through Fable and Maine, the blockbuster brand inspired by her Indian roots that she co-founded with her brother Akash and launched into luxury department store Selfridges, as well as Sephora's across the globe to critical acclaim. Today, we're going to hear from Nikita on how she balances business, beauty and branding with a life full of conscious rituals. Season three of Tech Powered Luxury is proudly brought to you in partnership with our amazing sponsor, Farmhouse Fresh, an American skincare brand on a mission to rescue complexions and animals. Founded 19 years ago by Shannon McLinden, the brand has over 200 incredible skincare products with ingredients grown fresh on their farm in Texas. The Farmhouse Fresh custom-designed ranch headquarters is built on a 10-acre hill and is home to a hydroponic greenhouse, a spa and training facility, a non-profit farm animal sanctuary, meaning they are surrounded every day by the beautiful animals that they rescue. With 70 employees and thousands of spas who provide Farmhouse Fresh skincare experiences, Farmhouse Fresh is known for freshly grown skincare that rescues both complexions and animals. Loved by household names and celebrities around the globe, including Oprah, who discovered Farmhouse Fresh in 2007, as well as Catherine Zeta-Jones, Lisa Kudrow, and many, many more. Every single product from Farmhouse Fresh has a code that allows you to track and discover which animals were rescued thanks to your purchase. We could not have asked for a better partner for season three of Tech Powered Luxury, who embodies luxury, technology, and most importantly, kindness into their business. Our listeners benefit from $10 off every $100 purchase with the code TLUXURY on farmhousefreshgoods.com. Welcome, I'm Ashley MacDonald, the host of Tech Powered Luxury, and I'm so excited to be back with the third season of the podcast. We have an incredible guest to kick off this season of the podcast. Also, we have a surprise in store for our listeners with a very exciting competition and a little community reward. So make sure to listen in and head over to our socials so that you're in with a chance to win. Now, for today's guest, she is a born storyteller and animal lover, Nikita Mehta creates magic wherever she goes with a career and education that spans from computer science to working in the fragrance industry at the helm of major luxury houses and now an LVMH board member, a foundation creator and of course co-founder of Fable and Main. Nikki's time to shine has well and truly arrived. Personally, I don't think I have ever met anyone that knows themselves as well as Nikki does. And in our conversation today, I think that everyone listening is going to feel a sense of calmness from Nikki's wisdom, despite her young age, as she leads with conviction, self-awareness and passion. So let's jump right in with Nikita Mehta. Nikki, welcome to Tech Powered Luxury. I'm so happy to see you this morning and to have you here on air with us. Thank you so much, Ashley. It's such a pleasure to be here with you. So I know we're going to have a really fun conversation today because usually when we're together, we talk about all things under the sun. So it's my job this morning to make sure that we have a little bit of focus on how you built Fable in Maine and how you used a digital first approach to do that. But I guess the reason that I asked you to come on is because I greatly admire you as a woman, but also an entrepreneur and in everything that you've created with your beautiful hair care brand, Fable in Maine. But 
all of the things that you've done before that as well when it comes to fashion and beauty and sustainability and all of the incredible work that you do with the various NGOs that you've supported over the years as well. So we have so much to dive into. We might have to just do two podcast episodes to cover it all. <laughs> um, but Nikki, welcome. And I, I can't wait to, to dive into your journey. Perfect. So excited. Let's get going. Let's do it. Okay. So as always, I start with the same question for everyone. Who are you and what led you to where you are today? So my name's Nikki or Nikita, and I'm really a seeker of truth. You know, my mission on this planet is to heal, to awaken myself and others. And I do that through my work. You know, my work is the love for the planet made visible. And I think I'm exactly where I need to be. My my journey's been mainly in beauty as a beauty entrepreneur, businesswoman, um, passionate about innovation, love all things style and wellness, particularly. But right now, my journey at this very moment is rooted in Ayurveda. I love that. I feel, Nikki, that you know yourself so well. You know exactly who you are and where you're meant exactly. to be. You started with Seeker of Truth and that's your mission. Yes. How did you get to that point? Did you wake up when like the first day you were born, like Nikki is on a mission or when did this <laughs> come about and how did you get to that point? So in Sanskrit, you say it's something called Dharma, right? Which is someone's um, duty in life. Mm. And I don't know how, but it's just come to me. Truth meaning a more spiritual route, like the inner journey, finding the answers within instead of seeking externally. And actually, that's the secret to for those into manifesting or, you know, the abundant mindset. Um, it's allowing things to come to you and flowing with it rather than seeking, trying to control. And I think it happened to me because like most of us, we're full of desires and ego and ambition and wanting to get everything from outside and then you get something and maybe it doesn't give you that happiness that you thought it would or what's like what's next you know that cycle and I was really caught up in that I'm still very young but especially my early 20s from graduating college now I'm now I'm 31 I can remember like being up till 3 a.m every night having a frozen shoulder being my rock bottom like you know, you, you also probably in your personal life date the wrong people too. And everything was just like this whole, what am I doing? And why am I so caught up in my emotions? And then I turned to meditation and that really helped me just detach and witness things. Kind of like your thoughts and emotions are clouds in the sky and you let it pass. And it really led this sense of deep rootedness in myself. And I think that's exactly what I brought to Fable and Maine when thinking of it is, You've got to know your roots. You've got to go back to yourself because Ayurveda simply is being in harmony with your body mind, you know, being with nature and being in harmony at one, being whole. So that's my journey. When I say seeker of truth, it's like finding my wholeness within and that's connected to everyone because not, nothing's separate in this universe, right? It's all energy. I love that, Nikki. I love that you opened with that and started with that as well. It's yes. very spiritual. <laughs> but also, yes, it's holistic, but it's also, you have so much wisdom for a 31-year-old. I want to oh, no. be when I'm 31. <laughs> I love to read. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I think that's not something that we hear of a lot, especially coming from the corporate world of luxury, of fashion, of beauty. It's all about KPIs and targets and growth and what's your market share. How do you find balance between building, you know, a multi-million euro business that's growing at a huge pace of speed with, you know, everything that you've just spoken about of having this balance and being close to nature? So the KPIs come 
And it's great being detached because then you can use them for what it serves you, right? So mm. yesterday, for example, I needed to know what is our sellout for the new product we launched, right? It's doing really well, our leave-in conditioner. Or what's the key priorities? What products are maybe not doing so well? So if I'm planning the whole content calendar for the year or our social media post or digital ad spend. So I'm in charge of all the content and creative at Fable and Maine and the products. So I need to know what's performing and what's not in order to focus But I don't take it seriously because I have this mindset. It's very different to to my brother, Akash, who who also (laughs) has a podcast, who's so trained in digital from from that mindset. I view it as offline as the new luxury. And if I'm creating products that are desirable, Bernal No says this, right? If you have products that are desirable, profit will always follow. And I'm a big believer in that. Your brand will be successful. The sales always go up if I'm focusing on what's the story, why will someone buy this? What pain point is this serving beyond just profit? Because if you're just focused on profit, KPIs, virality on TikTok, likes, your now engagement, you're just going to be so boxed that your content is just, it kind of, somehow that energy goes through to that consumer who sees it. Mm-hmm. Like even if you do a Black Friday, 25% off your site, there's a way you can do it. I say it, Nikki's hair care tips for summer in my emails, right? That was the best selling newsletter we've done more than just 20 percent off of the site. Branding. No, it's just people are interested in that, but that's the brand we've built, right? Yes. So the consumer I'm attracting is interested in that story. Yeah. But there are other brands and of course who are just people just want it for the sale and that and then your marketing strategy is on that and your digital strategy. Yeah. I think it's yeah, offline is the new luxury and I think KPIs are important, but don't be so focused on them. Look at always look at the bigger picture. I couldn't agree more. And that's why our podcast here is not just called digital or online or tech is the future. It's called tech powered luxury because actually luxury has its own set of rules, its own set of codes and DNA and storytelling is at the core of that. And I really see you as a storyteller. And actually it's even within the name of your brand, Fable and Main. So maybe you could tell us about the name and the origins of Fable and Maine and why you called your brand something very different <laughs> in terms of uh, other hair care brands within the market. Well, I think firstly, when you're thinking of branding, you want to look at what not what hasn't been done, what do people like and how to leave a mark in this very saturated beauty world. Um, so Fable and Maine, the name came from story time with hair care. So our grandma, um, she's of, you know, we're of Indian origin, she would come from India and bring us these little oils that she'd massage into our hair while telling us fables. So my favorite was the tiger and the forest, the monkey and the mango tree. And you know, it was the best time from school. I would come home, she'd tell me a story, tell me what happened like the next day, like a little bit more, a little bit more. Hmm. And when I was in my 20s and I had some hair loss just from stress, I went back in the kitchen, I started mixing like custard oil, amla, ashwagandha. It's a process, like you heat the oil, oil overnight, you add in these herbs, you let it cool down, you massage it warm into your hair, you braid it, you sleep, you wash it out the next day, maybe two, three shampoos to get all the oil out. Wow, that is a process. So it's like a couple of days. Yeah, Sundays (laughs) were hair oiling days and um, do it consistently every week for a month. The hair loss was less. Mm-hmm. And I just missed the story time. So Fable and Maine, uh, my brother and I are wildlife lovers. 
So we wanted a tiger, and it's like the mane of the tiger or, or a lion, you know, like the, the crinière in, in French. And um, we created this brand, Fable, and it's just such a nice sound. Phonetics are very important, especially in branding. It needs to be memorable. Some of the best brands are even five letters, like one word, you know, like tattoo what <laughs> Dior Chanel in luxury um so we just loved it and um yeah that was just the reason behind the name and since then you have been telling stories and I've been following the journey actually since since pre-launch I was one of the lucky people to get to test out the products before they were even in a, a proper packaging and whatnot so I'm one of the the true followers and, and users of all the products and one of the things that struck me from the beginning with Fable and Maine is actually the product names and the scent. So you get this full sensorial experience that kind of awakens the, the mind when you're reading these names and you're like, oh, this is already bringing me a journey. And then you open the product, you can maybe rub it in your hands, especially the oil, and you have this gorgeous scent. And then, of course, that stays in your hair um, during and, and after the wash. So was that a part of your vision at the beginning to kind of disrupt the hair industry in a way because you don't see these very colorful exciting and rich names and you definitely don't get these kind of scents from exactly. other hair care brands I mean my background's eight years in fine fragrance especially French French luxury fragrance and it's all about storytelling right from the box um and I guess bringing that scented world which is so important in Ayurveda right it's uh used to awaken the divine um it's used for self-care um I wanted that full sensorial journey and specifically bringing a modern vision of India. If you think of scents in India, which is in every noses or perfumer's palette, you think of jasmine sambac, you think of sandalwood, you think of vetiver, um, you know, there's, there's so many more. And some of the most sought after fragrances Sought as well. after, right? <laughs> like the perfume of Dior, like uses it everywhere, exactly. every perfumer. But I didn't want to be stereotypical. It still had to be delicious. It still had to be modern. I didn't want it to be what I what my grandma put on my hair, which stank. <laughs> okay, so you were missing that. <laughs> if you just get it from the tree, like from nature, it's so medicinal and horrible. You won't want to sleep with it. Okay. So we had to modernize. And I think that's where everything comes into play, right? Like you're luxury, but digital. And there's an argument that, you know, I did a whole course on it that digital can never work in luxury because luxury is timeless. Absolutely. But I'm saying luxury I, can't work in digital because it's too slow and it's not. It's too slow. <laughs> but there's also an argument in, in my world that Ayurveda, which is timeless, that isn't yes. modern because it's set very strict as a way of doing things. It's 5000 year old life science that's been passed down. And, you know, you have different dosha types or body types and according you have different remedies to restore balance in your body I'm saying it has to be modern or it's going to be forgotten mm. no one's going to use it what what gen z is going to understand it right so I grew up with this it's kind of inherent in my culture but even myself I had to study it go back to it. it's very hard to explain in one sentence to somebody what their dosha type is without going into everything the pronunciation's hard for those not in the culture. So there there can be alienation. So it's our job to modernize our vision using Indian ingredients and bring it to the rest of the world, you know, outside of India for everyone to enjoy. Um, and all hair types, not just 
thick Indian hair. Um, and I think it's such been such a rewarding journey because, you know, our biggest market's the US and they're so welcoming and they love culture. And I think culture is such a strong ingredient for storytelling. Culture because, is a commodity in the USA. We had a, a whole yeah. episode with Trian Nguyen, who you know as well. Yes. Focus completely on why the US is obsessed with culture when it comes to the luxury industry. And it, I was fascinated. I learned so much. Exactly. It gives you that rootedness, right? That reason for going back to belonging. And every, everyone's curious, which I love. So yes. it's been really a rewarding journey so far. We're very young. Yes. Two years ago, we just launched a brand, 2020. But we are TikTok native. Yeah, <laughs> you are you're digital first. You're yeah. Sephora's, what, you launched first online with Sephora because it was yes. during the pandemic and you exactly. went straight to the, the top of the rankings, which was insane. But Nikki, if we take it back, you mentioned, you know, you spent eight years in fine fragrances. Even before that, what was the beginning of your journey in terms of your education? Like, what do I need to study to become Nikita Meta? <laughs> if I, I followed my heart, which is languages, I studied Spanish okay. and French. Then I switched halfway to business management and computer science. Very different. Other side Very of the brain. Very different. Other side <laughs> of the brain. But it was, if I'm honest with you, did a business degree help me? Apart from the typical modules of accounting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Did it help me to where I am now? Not really, because I think the best thing you can do in life is to do it yourself. But it was really built in me. Like, I loved entrepreneurship module. I thought it was the best module I've ever done in my life. And I did so well in it because I just knew I always wanted to work for myself. You know, even I did um, an internship at LVMH in sustainable supply chain. I learned all about cotton. You did an internship at Pooch as well, right? And at Pooch on fragrance. So... I think I've definitely interned at some of the best companies, but then I went straight to working for myself. I had a Indian rental fashion brand. I did couture work. I worked with Jean Patou and fragrances. Mm-hmm. I could learn from the best. I did an internship with Lux Brands on Ariana Grande launch. So I think I was surrounded subconsciously by these strong female women And I'm a big believer, if you want to do this in any industry, you need to have mentors and you need to do as much experience in your 20s and only towards the end or your 30s or whenever you feel called, you can launch your own. I think if you do it too soon, you will fail. I failed, I think, in my first two ventures or you give up too quickly. Mm -hmm. If you do it too late, there's no such, I mean, ages, you're timeless, but you know, (laughs) <laughs> you're you're probably more aware of the risks so it's yes. good to sometimes not know too much about your industry and learn as you go because now let's say I want to do another brand I know exactly what's involved <laughs> so it's just good so it's good for budgeting but it's also like the amount of work and do I really want to put myself through that again um the naivety is no longer there it's not for everyone yeah and when you speak about these internships that you did how core were those experiences to your overall education versus what you did in a classroom I think the you learn such a faster rate like the real life experiences so up and down things are always changing Mm -hmm. whereas in a classroom it's all hypothetical it's case study based it's hard to experience it you can know it with your mind but when you really have to do a let's say your five p's in marketing or you have to do your your profit and balance sheet there's so many different things um 
So I think it's great for like management consultants, right? Or someone doing a report. But I don't think I've ever done a report on the business in two or three years because every day is different, you know? I'm a real advocate for anyone who wants to get into the world of fashion, of beauty, of luxury in general, do as many internships as possible. Even if they're short internships, even it's shadowing somebody or just asking someone, is there like one thing that I could just get experience on with you? Whether it's building a report, for example, but using yeah, real life yeah. data or making a suggestion, going through someone's website and, and auditing it and saying, these are the user experience changes that I would make. Nothing beats experience and feedback. Feedback is so important, like getting feedback from people who have more experience than you. So how did you today still have that feedback loop? Are there people in your life who you can go to who are maybe a couple of steps ahead of you and you can say, what do you think of this? Am I going in the right direction? Um, Yeah. How how do you still get mentorship today? Even though you're only 31, you have a lot of experience and you've built something now that's exceeded probably what anyone could have expected in such a short amount of time. I think you realize who your real mentors are. So, Mm. and it's really important. You can have a board of directors or you can have an advisory board at least once a quarter, I'll call my mentor who's, you know, an estate lauder and I'll, and I'll um, just get some advice from him or if something goes wrong, my general manager's great. Um, sometimes, you know, you, even my brother, you know, sometimes we just need each other to vent <laughs> or yeah. discuss what's going wrong, where we're going, is, is, do we have the right team to help us get there? Things always change, um, but you need to trust in yourself first that you make the right decisions because there's a lot of decision making when it comes to having your business and you need to be sure of yourself and be that's a key of a good leader. Otherwise, how will your team be sure, right? Even if you're not sure, fake it till you make it. You have to learn, (laughs) practice. And I always remind myself, we're all going to disappear one day and become dust. So what do you have to lose? Don't take it seriously don't be scared of failing. Like I know if we don't do something right, be like, okay, let's do it next time. That doesn't work. Okay, let's do it next time. There's zero fear of getting it wrong. And I really think that comes from, it does come from being confident in yourself. Yeah. And you don't have to be loud. You don't have to be masculine. You can still be feminine. You can still be a woman, kind, compassionate, warm, and be a great leader. You don't have to be the loudest in the room to know yourself, be confident in yourself and be a badass decision maker. That perspective is incredible. And I think a lot of people listening to this will be asking themselves, how do I build that confidence? How did Nikki get to this level of confidence that she can say, this is what I think we should do. I'm going to take action in that direction and I'm going to be accountable for that. How did you do it? Because I'm, it's very intuitive. I think a woman's greatest strength is intuition when I'm tapped in, it's like I can feel the brand. The brand is another personality. It has a life of its own. So you have to separate yeah. yourself from it. I'm just a guardian. I'll give it what I can. There'll be a day where another company can do better for it. But I'm so in, light, in tune with it that I just sometimes take a step back. Is this in the highest interest for the brand? Mm. Then for the team. And then the consumer, of course, we're consumer first. And then you just make a decision. It's like a download. It just comes to you. And, and it's weird, but sometimes the decisions, I don't always get it right. But sometimes when I make a decision, um, it leads to sales. It just works for the brand. And it's like whether it's a new product launch or what to post on our grid or the campaign or the model or mm-hmm. anything, right? The naming. 
it's following your intuition, but you have to listen to your intuition. You have to know that you have a voice. So yeah. this is it's coming back to what I said at the beginning of this podcast, like spend time with yourself. It's like, you know, if you go to a love guru, he's like, date yourself, love yourself before you love another, because it's <laughs> what, are, what you can share. It's the same thing. Yeah. Like find out what you want before you do, because if you do something that you don't really care about, that you're not passionate about, you won't have that grit to wake up at 3am or 6am or be on a wedding and your best friend's wedding, but working because it doesn't feel like work. That's basically yeah. going to be me right now <laughs> next week. Oh. But um, it doesn't stop, right? So yeah. yeah. And Nikki, you said something there that I, that really struck a chord with me. You're a guardian of the brand. So you don't see yourself as Fable and Main or Fable and Main as you. It's something on its own and you and Akash, I guess, are, are the guardians of the brand today and everyone in your team. For people who perhaps work in a brand that they don't own, they're not the founders of, do you think they should have that same approach? Let's say you're at Dior, like Akash and I were. That's how, that's how we first met as well. Do you think everyone that works within a brand with a really strong story should see themselves as guardians of that brand and then aligning what the brand needs with their decisions? 100%. Like when I worked for a brand, I always think I had my Patu hat on, Jean Patu. Yeah. I'm like, does this align with the codes of that brand, mm-hmm. right? If you're a Dior, would this be in the best interest of Dior? And you have to be protective of that culture because there's so many temptations and everyone will have an opinion and will want to make the brand what it's not. So if you listen to everyone, you'll end up losing that. And you'll just become like every other brand. In fact, luxury brands do it the best. Chanel, Dior, Hermes, all the big ones, they say no probably more than they say yes. (laughs) And that's why they are where they are today. That's why they're timeless. Um, And I studied luxury brand strategy, and it's really defined my view on branding. Um, I think maybe they're a bit risk averse, maybe you tone down the stubbornness, like what you have with your own brand, you can't really go to like, do Chanel and be like, no, this is what I, you know, you might not be the only decision maker. But um, a brand has its set of codes. And that doesn't mean it doesn't evolve. Because it probably evolves and changes more than you realize, you know, the logo, for example, it always the typography evolves from the 80s to what you see now. And that's in everything. Like Hermes had the horse and now it's, you know, the H, but the horse is still so ingrained in its culture. Starbucks, they lost the Starbucks. They just have the mermaid, right? So it's Nike, Nike have the tick. It's always image-driven, symbol-driven, and you want to be part of a consumer's everyday personality they have to find something in their life mm-hmm. that they can identify with you that's aspirational right a value which always goes back to the infamous it's not why how you do something what you do it's why you do something and when it comes to fable and main and all of the decisions you have to make on a daily basis and you're thinking okay i'm this guardian i'm a custodian of this brand what are those list of values or what are what are those maybe feelings that you have that you associate with Fable and Main that you say yes I can take this decision because I know it aligns or no I can't take this decision because it it doesn't make sense for this brand that I'm um guarding yeah I mean for sure we have a big no list right so it's like <laughs> yeah nothing to religious political appropriation you know 
especially with wildlife, nothing but animals and captivity or, or, mm-hmm. or we're vegans and no, no, you know, animal cruelty. But I love to keep the universe of Fable and Maine open to imagine every brand has an island. If you come onto our island, it's, and I love paradoxes. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're warm and compassionate, but we're also, you know, strong and fierce. We're modern, but we're also rooted in ancient wisdom. Um, we are vibrant and colorful, but we're also very, I would say, serious about what's inside the product, but the outside's playful. Mm-hmm. But it's very much, you know, we, we know what we, what's good. And less is more in this world that always wants newness. And retailers that always want newness and innovation, innovation, innovation. I think there's ways that translates those three feelings into everything you do. Like um, I'm fascinated by AI and AI generated images. And I've come across content creators who literally have put a tiger in the middle of the Himalayas having a cup of tea which <laughs> that sounds I, like something you'd enjoy <laughs> I love that it's someone's imagination and they create an out now I don't need to go and like hire a tiger and like create a photo hire shoot a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> and like go to the Himalayas and like spend so much money on a photo shoot you can just do things online for free yeah. so that is the democratization which I love it's put the power back in the people's hands yes. and um kind of like how print or the camera or everything's getting outdated we're living in a world which is a lot more sustainable because being digital although it has a lot of issues for your mental health which we can get onto but or how to be mindful how to be conscious in consuming content and what you put out there as a brand I think it's so many benefits for startups and entrepreneurs of cost saving absolutely and and for the environment we're not cutting down so many trees Season three of Tech Powered Luxury is proudly brought to you in partnership with our amazing sponsor, Farmhouse Fresh, an American skincare brand on a mission to rescue complexions and animals. Our listeners benefit from $10 off every $100 purchase with the code TLUXURY on farmhousefreshgoods.com. Nikki, if we take it to the early days of Fable and Maine, so pre-launch, how many months or years did you spend building the brand before you had a product available for someone to actually buy? It took me two years, probably 18 months of product development. Branding's a big thing of mine. So I went through so many tiger logos and <laughs> agencies and freelancers. And so I'd say two years before launch, which is a lot. Uh, people don't realize the work that goes into creating a brand. It's not you just see the after and like the press and like all the glorified, but it's the real wins for me was like when I signed off on the formula, which happened way before the world saw it. And it was kind of nice because it's just you, your your baby, your samples, your laptop. It's not out in the world. It's like you're brewing something, right? You're ready to yeah. give birth, but you're, it's just your connection with the brand. And then once the baby's born, it's it's not it's no longer yours it's it's Mm -hmm. existences and it's got its own just like a child it has its own mission and you can just help it but you can't ever say it's yours and I think Mm -hmm. that's such an important mindset for any entrepreneur like 
don't get too attached to it and don't think you're the only one who knows what's best and right because life will slap you back in the face. <laughs> like you can be here <laughs> one day and have great sales and yes. then tomorrow something will happen. You'll be right down here. It's yeah. like a constant and you have to be okay with that because you can't really have an ego because you're working for everyone, your team, the consumer, you're, you're bottom of the list. And I think that's a humbling experience because it's a lot of people associate entrepreneur with like mean or ego, like they're sure of themselves. They're just stubborn enough. You have to be a little bit to make decisions. Me and my brother always have those battles. You've got to be strong because you're tested. Yeah. Nikki, I know from day one, you have been a digital first brand. So I think a lot of people that are listening, they'll be familiar with Fable in Maine or when they go and look at your Instagram or your TikTok, they say, yes, I saw this because you mentioned at the beginning, life as an entrepreneur, it shouldn't be all about virality, but actually it's something that has happened quite a few times for Fable in Maine. How key has social media in particular been to the success of your brand today? Really important. Um, I think by chance we went viral, no, no paid ad or boosted, and it really helped our sales. Um, we went, you know, our numbers skyrocketed, our orders skyrocketed. This was in the pandemic. Um, and even today, I think just the content of people using the product, um, how it's grown, it's been, it's helped launch the brand and get it to where it is today. And now our task is to support that with offline experiences so you have digital and digital is that a word or physical so um (laughs) which can help experience what people are seeing online Um, specifically since we're such a sensorial brand right head massage like you want that done it's 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 something um Mm -hmm. very very self-care orientated so online has been key for people to discover you, that discoverability. And because your content is yes. rich with storytelling, you do quizzes, you really engage people. How do you then convert that into sales? Are you seeing it's possible to do that online? Or is it important for you to actually have people come and experience your products in person to have that kind of conversion from follower to customer? Depends on where they come, the channel it comes from. If it's an influencer, they'll buy instantly online. Wow. Um, and they'll, they'll tell us, I bought your hair oil because of this, this lady. Yeah. If it's from our channel or they see an image or they read a press article mm-hmm. they go to sephora and they want to smell it they want to think twice like oh i've heard of fable and main yeah i'm walking past it let me just smell it okay i like it i'll buy it mm-hmm. um, a huge retail channel for us and majority of our sales is through retail so yeah we're more retail than direct to consumer um and i think yeah i feel it's just you see a correlation if we're on tiktok shop you know, if someone sees a TikTok and something happened or went viral, it's a big peak. Then it's, it goes down again. So what I'm trying to say is, for me, my mindset is now, at this stage of the business, it was great for the first three years. But now it's like, what makes us consistent, right? Yeah. And influencers, or some of them, it's short-lived. So you can't build your digital strategy just on influencers and promotions and bundles. You've got to create more brand desirability and really know your consumer Mm -hmm. and I feel digital takes you so far and it really helps launch your brand and then there's a moment unless if you don't have a subscription-based product whereby they need one every month right and it's like it's a fast moving good then there's really 
another area that you can tackle into and then how can digital come and support that mm -hmm. right um so we're, we're at a phase now where i think again being in touch with the planet people are tired or i am tired <laughs> of being online all the time yes. i am i want in-person meetings i want in-person events mm -hmm. social media is off before bedtime i'll check on it once on the weekend And I really believe offline is a new luxury. And I and I don't, and I, I'm interested to navigate a world, how can we use it to support us rather than dictate us? Um, so it's like the post-pandemic effect, I feel. I can't um, agree more. You said it right at the beginning and it immediately took me to a moment right at the beginning of this year for me, the first week of January, I went to yeah. a yoga retreat. And when I arrived at the door, they had a sign and it said offline is the new luxury. And I actually yeah. went offline for almost 10 days. Um, wow. I had no phone. I was, oh no one actually knew exactly where I was. I gave one person the name of my yoga teacher just in case they needed to find me, but nobody contacted her. So I was completely offline. And Every time I've had a moment of stress or of challenge or whatnot this year, I take myself back to that week, back to that calmness, back to that beautiful experience. It was yeah. um, and, pure luxury. And, and you yeah. use online. I'm not saying don't use digital, but you use it to encourage people to go outdoors, right? And spend time offline. Mm. It's just a tool. It can't be everything. For sure. It helps sales. But like I said before, sales always come. If you've got, every, or if you've got your brand ingredients right, it dips. And there are solutions not to put more ad spend in it. It dips because there's something in your brand that you've stopped mm -hmm. doing. And you've yeah. got to find out for yourself what your ingredients are for your target consumer. Nikki, I have a list here of just a couple of the massive achievements that Fable and Main has had since launching. And they include becoming a top brand sold in Sephora across North America. You've launched in India. You have had incredible retail takeovers and pop-ups from Saudi Arabia to Dubai and beyond. Um, you've had multiple viral moments. And something that I had written in here that I thought was really interesting is your proximity now to celebrities. So actors and actresses, people who are attending red carpets, people who are Netflix stars, What is the thinking behind that strategy of having your hair care products um, kind of integrated with the hair care routine of these, um, these talented people before they walk the red carpet to celebrate uh, their creative journeys in film? Uh, which, which products? Or Well, why are you doing that? Is it something, do you see now that it's not just about the, the usual influencers and creators online? Was it a conscious decision to move into the space of Hollywood, perhaps Bollywood? Is it for you going to be the future of, of influencing going back to kind of the original uh, great influencers from the big screen? No, I don't think we're a celebrity oriented brand at all, but like you mentioned, they're Netflix stars, right? Yeah. Or they're um, strong South Asian women that we mm -hmm. identify with. And like there was Natalie Portman, there was Mindy Kaling, people who have the values that our brand shares. Yeah. Um, I think this whole red carpet, Thing came because we wanted to start working with stylists. We created a styling collection, yes. a styling oil. So they work with a lot of celebrities, and it's great to put our product in hands of not just, you know, we can't just be a brand on TikTok. It's good to be out in the real world. I want to see how cool is that to see a brand on a red carpet? Like Fable and Main did that hair. It doesn't always have to be like the L'Oreal, the Kara stars, you know, yeah. um, the big brands that sponsor. So I feel. Hair care is the next skincare. It's having a huge wake mm. up. 
Um, and it's just part of our image driven marketing. I love that insight. And it's been really interesting to see that journey. Like every time I see some, you know, incredibly talented actress uh, wearing Fable and Main on a red carpet, I'm like, oh my God, I wear that product too. <laughs> you know, just like seeing them wear it as well. It makes it all the more real. Um, and you must be so proud as well when you see these these mega stars like Natalie Portman, Mindy Kaling wearing your product. Amazing. The Bridgerton girls, um, they love it. <laughs> Never have I ever. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's why every time like these are that kind of our, I guess, modern pop culture stars as well, yeah, especially when it comes Netflix. to the Netflix shows. Because yeah. they're, they're real, they're relatable, they're, you know, there's none of this um, diva, you know, power and crazy amount of money you have to spend mm-hmm. um, on, on contracts. But I think it definitely helps from an image perspective. Nikki, before we wrap up with the the final question, I wanted to ask you as well, if you could share a little bit about what you do in terms of the foundation that you've built, in terms of all the charity work that you do. I know that's so integral to your happiness and finding balance in your life and your own mission. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about that and um, yeah, how you're making an impact outside of creating this incredible brand. So the Fable Fund is what makes everything worth it. And me and my brother love... Uh, you know, we have our own charity that protects wild cats and we've kept it separate because if we ever exit, you know, the charity is always there. Um, and we've started working in mainly in um, central India, a place called Bandhavgarh in Madhya Pradesh, working with local communities um, to help protect wild tigers and doing everything for them from bring, building water holes so they can like cool off they love to swim in the hot months um, <laughs> to giving the rangers like protective gear so they can help for the you know anti-poaching and working with school kids, backpacks, education kits, uh, cattle farm compensation because tigers kill a lot of cattle and then uh-huh. farmers want to sometimes like poison them. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're helping mitigate human wildlife conflict and yeah a beautiful journey. <laughs> so it sounds like actually education is really key to the success of what you're doing when it comes yes. to the fund. Yes, exactly. At the heart, education, Fantastic. education. <laughs> I think I, for me, education, it's at the heart of everything and almost every topic in life. Like if we can educate ourselves on a topic, we can um, stop being afraid of it and we can take action and also help others around us. So I love that exactly. you educate when it comes to hair care, but also when it comes to tigers. Yes. <laughs> so Nikki, my last question for you, for anyone that's listening, and especially when it comes to how you found such great balance and focus on wellness in your life, what's the one skill that you would recommend for people to start working on today? I would say the one thing people should start practicing is presence. If you're in the now, you make decisions for the moment, you're not concerned of the future, the past, you can just let things flow. It's where all the magic happens. And the easiest way to be in the moment is to just come back to the now, to your breath. Take a deep breath whenever you feel stressed. Just know everything's going to be okay. That's it. Know everything's working out as it's meant to be. At the right time, it will happen. And everything will be okay because everything's perfect in the now. 
That is beautiful, Nikki. Thank you for sharing that. I felt like I had like a mini meditation there listening to you. Yes, I could have. I was about to go into one and I was like, (laughs) We actually have 10 minutes bonus content of meditation. (laughs) Um, Nikki, thank you. That was, I loved chatting to you about this. And as I said, before we were recording, I was like, I feel so privileged to get to interview you and ask you all these questions that we maybe wouldn't usually discuss over coffee. You're such a joy, Ashley. Like you are living joy. You're positive, bubbly and you're going to do so well. So I'm so glad to be part of your podcast and congratulations on everything you've done. Like you're very inspiring. Thank you. And all your fashion. So stylish. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, my big, my big fashion moment recently was of course a Patu one, which was incredible. And I know you were integral to everything that's happening with that brand today. So honestly, we could have many podcast episodes dedicated to all the things that you've done. Um, So thank you again. Well, you should have uh, Patu. That could be a good guest how they digitalized I would love to have, have you know sophie or, or the designer yeah 100 <laughs> nikki i know you've got a flight to catch because you are yes. i think england's busiest woman today no um, <laughs> thank you again so so much thank you and so much Gable and Maine. everyone take a look follow them online buy their products namaste thank you so much for listening the whole way through I hope you've enjoyed our first episode of season three of Tech Powered Luxury with the wonderful Nikita Mehta. As I said at the beginning of this episode, we have a community reward for the Tech Powered Luxury listeners. You can use the code TPL15 for 15% off your next order on fableandmain.com. You can also head over to our Instagram at Tech Powered Luxury and you will see we have a little competition running for you to win some goodies from Fable and Main. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please make sure to share it with a friend. Follow us on social media at Tech Powered Luxury. Give us a rating, five stars only, please. And if you would like to follow Nikita Meta's journey, you can find her on Instagram at Nikki Meta, N-I-K-I-M-E-H-T-A. And of course, her beautiful brand across all social platforms, Fable and Main. Tech Powered Luxury is proud to partner with GladCloud, the platform that is powering our media campaigns through its collaborative social media marketing platform, which is perhaps how you have discovered the podcast today. We'd love to hear from you if you have any ideas, questions, or would like to join us as a guest.